0: Welcome to the Moonlight Real Estate Syndication Show,
1: hosted by Eric Lindsay. Here at Moonlight, we will show you how to operate and invest in real estate syndications successfully while having W-2 income or another business that you operate on a full-time basis. We will learn from experts all things pertaining to real estate syndications. Here at the Moonlight Real Estate Syndication Show, we choose to focus on financial security, not job security. Welcome to the Moonlight Real Estate Syndication Show. I am your host, Eric Lindsay. Here at Moonlight, we choose to focus on achieving financial security through real estate. And today we are here with Matt Jones. Matt is a real estate investor based out of St. Paul, Minnesota, and he currently owns 40 units of multifamily apartments. He also owns 244 beds of senior assisted living facilities and is the CEO of Hawk Wing Capital. One of Matt's goals is to help individuals become passive investors in real estate syndications. Matt also hosts two podcasts, the Passive Real Estate Podcast, and also Pillars of Wealth Creation. He has also written the book titled Book About Real Estate that summarizes and reviews top real estate books covering the full spectrum of real estate investing. Without further ado, welcome to the show, Matt. Hey, it's great to be here. Okay, great. Yeah, looking forward to it. I'm intrigued to be sitting in the presence of someone with significant podcast experience. So (laughs) I'm looking to learn and also for you to provide some value to the Moonlight listeners.
0: Yeah, I mean that's all it is in real estate. Uh, you know, adding value to each other. I think it's almost a game of like who can add the most value to each other. And uh, I guess that's one of the most surprising things I found when I started real estate with how much uh, people are trying to help one and, uh, one another out. It's not cutthroat like I I thought it would be.
1: Exactly. No. 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 I'm in complete agreement with you. There's significant help if you are willing to receive the help. There's a lot of people looking to. Help and be a resource for you to make it to where you're trying to achieve within your financial security and financial freedom journey. There, hey. With that being said, can you share a little bit more about your background and also how you got started in real estate?
0: Yeah, so I have a background in uh, mental health support and you know supporting people who have uh, developmental disabilities. So I manage group homes, day programs, uh, you know, provided therapy and all that. Uh, and, but then, uh, you know, some time back, I read rich dad, poor dad, like so many of your listeners and like, Whoa, there's a better way out there. And so in 2015, I, I bought my first uh, deal. It was a live in triplex. So I lived in one unit and rented out the other two to build up some equity slowly over time. I saved up some money and got another triplex. And I was just like, man, this is going so flipping slowly of, you know, I'm limited with my own ability to save up money from my W two to buy the next uh, small multifamily and and uh you know being able to trade up over time just seems like this is going to take forever. And then I learned about uh syndication and that just blew my mind because you know all my problems are solved like now I can just scale up right away into a bigger deal and I'm not limited by my own uh, uh you know ability to save up my w2 income to to invest.
1: And that's the typical path stumbling into real estate and then figuring out how to get better, how to scale more. And it sounds like you took that same path there for the most part. So that's interesting. You worked for group homes, assisting individuals with mental health, and you invested in real estate at the same time. How did that look? So here at Moonlight, we're individuals that's looking to try to get into real estate. Either we're going to be on the active side or the passive side. And so we're all about trying to manage our time and create some different strategies on how to get things done. You were able to buy some real estate while working full time. What did that look like in the beginning? Well, it uh
0: you know at the time i was managing group homes so I, I viewed this triplex as an easy version of a group home you know the it still had regulations and and residents and stuff uh, but uh, you know a lot less involved essentially than what i was doing already so that was easy enough to manage because I was there on site and, and I was using my own skills and background uh, to my advantage uh, for what I was doing there. But then when I got the other triplex that was across town, you know, then now I'm getting calls and I have to go across town for stuff. And and I, I realized like, man, this is just taking too much of my time, at, you know, away from my W-2, away from my personal life. And so, uh, you know, I was making more money or I was getting more of the profits by just managing it all by myself but then i realized you know this is not working I, i'm way better off just pot, you know uh, having a property manager who knows what they're doing in place to cover the units and that way you know they're they're providing better quality care than i could by you know going back and forth and everything even though i'm getting fewer of the profits because i have to pay them i'm able to then work on growing my business instead of getting you know deep into the nitty-gritty daily tasks
1: yeah. So that's the problem with when you're working and you're trying to invest at the same times. It's just too time demanding. And especially when you're trying to do everything on your own, if you're trying to manage everything, you run into that situation where you're just not enough to be able to be at the property and be able to perform your W-2 at a really high level. And so you hit a scaling issue there. And so it sounds like you made the pivot and which syndication does provide that scalability to get into more units and to go further faster that way. So, hey, with that being said, can you share exactly what your business looks like as of today? I know initially you were had a full-time job and you were buying real estate on the side or you know while you were working your W-2. What does your business look like as of today? So I'm a
0: passive investor in a few deals, but then I've also started doing some capital raising. So I did my first capital raise this past year on a 229 unit deal in uh, Kentucky and that went uh, well enough. And uh, so I'm, I'm doing more of that. So essentially what I'm doing now is I'm starting what's called a fund of funds. So I you know, find other passive investors that want to invest into large multifamily syndications or senior assisted living. And then we pool our money together and so instead of like each person, uh, you know, each person has $50,000 to bring to the table. You know, if you're going directly to the syndication sponsor, then you just get whatever rate of return that they offer for that. But if we can pull our money together into like a million dollars or two million dollars. Now, as the fund manager, I can go to the syndication sponsor and say, like, hey, I have a lot bigger buying power here. If you want this million dollars or two million dollars, you got to cut us a little better deal than what you're offering everybody else. So then we're getting a little bit better for rate of return. Uh, and plus, on, you know, i another benefit I'm offering my investors is that they don't have to do the work of trying to find and vet good syndication sponsors or find and vet good deals. You know, I'm doing that for them. So people are doing, you know, better off by going through through me, through the fund of funds, than they would directly finding uh syndication sponsors.
1: Yeah, that's intriguing. So the fund and fund model rather than going by the other model in which you raise individual monies from other individuals there. Can you share what made you shift? What made you change from just taking raising money individually rather than creating a fund in which you would be able to raise a pool? of resources and raise funds that way. What's the benefit of that? The scalability. Uh, You know, if you are part of the general partnership
0: of a syndication and you're raising money uh, you know, if you're, unless you're a, what's called a broker deal, which I'm not uh, you have to have other tasks in addition to the raising money. So you have to, uh, you know, do asset management, or, or you know, something, or construction management, or, or something like that. You know, uh, otherwise, it, it's an illegal syndication, and, and you definitely don't want to do that. You know, I'm, follow all the laws with syndications. My advice. And so, by doing the fund of funds, I don't have to have those extra tasks in addition to the raising capital and uh, uh, you know making sure the investors know what's going on. Uh, it, uh, it it then means that I can go into multiple deals more easily and and uh, it solves that scalability issue of like, okay, now I have to you know, asset manage uh, this property and then like and uh, do some capital raising. Oh, now like how many properties can I manage the asset of and oversee the property manager of, you know, before I'm at my own limit. But uh, with fund of funds, there really is no limit.
1: Yeah, that's great insight. So as if you're concentrating on one piece of the syndication, mm-hmm. instead of being And wearing all the hats, you're concentrating on the capital raising piece and the other activities that you're involved in within the syndication, but mostly on the capital raising piece there. So that's really intriguing. You mentioned that it's uh, scalable and that you closed a 229 unit. Could you share with us exactly what did that transaction look like for you? How did you locate that? And maybe how did you vet the sponsor to get involved within that deal?
0: Yeah, uh, so I didn't find the deal, but it was an on-market deal. So through broker relationships, essentially. So you you build relationships with real estate brokers who want to help you <laughs> close deals, and then if you can show them that you're serious and uh, you're able to close deals. So if you you have a track record, then you can show that. If you don't have a track record, then partnering with other people who do have a solid track record, then you can say, hey, our team has you know this is our track record of other deals that we've closed or taken full cycle. And stuff. And uh, that way the brokers take you seriously and they'll send you deals before they send other people deals. Cause you know, they want to close the deal. So they're like, okay, who's going to be able to close the deal? Like, like, let's get this going. Um, anyway. So, so it's through that and so how I found that particular syndication sponsor is he's a guy that I know locally here in Minnesota, uh, that I met, you know, I've, I've, uh, been in his mastermind, uh, to learn syndication from the scrap, you know, ground up. And, uh, so I, I, know what he's worth as an individual. So I, you know, in order to do business with somebody, you have to know, like, and trust them. And so mm-hmm. I was able to do all those with him, uh, Uh, You know, before starting to raise the capital. Oh,
1: also, I I was a a limited partner in one of his other deals, uh, which has been going well. Nice. So you had a relationship with the individual, and you knew his track record, and so you was able to jump in, and you felt comfortable working with them because you knew them, you liked them, and also you trusted them. So that's Mm -hmm. great. You mentioned also that you. Aim to partner with experienced operators, and that's a great piece, especially if you are just now jumping into the space and don't quite have the track record. You can utilize that technique to be able to get some traction and actually get some deals done by working with other people there, so how has the project been going since you guys took the 229 unit down? How's the business plan been implemented? Is everything staying on course or what have you seen?
0: Yeah, it's uh it's been, you know, according to plan essentially. Uh, you know, of course, uh everything going on with the market has uh uh you know given us some challenges, but uh things are going according to plan, like we're um We might not achieve the original rent pro forma that we had, but uh, I think in the end we'll still be able to achieve the uh, IRR that we had planned uh, initially. So we'll see what the next year brings. Like uh, there might be some price drops, but we're not planning to sell this year. So it's about, about a five to seven year old. So, you know, anything, if there's a recession going on right now or recession happened or recession is upcoming, I don't know, but uh, that doesn't really matter to us because, uh, Uh, We see real estate as as a longer term play than just a fixed and flip kind of thing.
1: It sounds as if you guys underwrote the deal conservatively and Mm -hmm. that's how you all are able to fare so well. So definitely hats off to you for doing that, because there's a lot of individuals that made mistakes of becoming too aggressive. And it can be challenging when you begin to lose the conservative approach with your analysis there. With that being said, as of today, it's January 28th, 2023. The market is still a little frothy. We're not 100% sure exactly what the Fed's going to continue to do, if it's going to plateau here shortly or if it's gonna, the Fed's going to continue to hike things. What are you foreseeing for the near future as far as the interest rates? And is it a good time to buy or should people be a little bit more bearish about the market?
0: I mean, it's always a good time to buy if you buy right. It doesn't mean that you're going to buy every deal that's out there. Like there, there's you know at whatever the market cycle is, you just want to get the the better deals. So I certainly don't have a crystal ball to tell you exactly what is going to be in the future. But here's what I suspect: uh, you know, the Feds really want to get the inflation down to two percent, and so they're going to keep increasing the interest rate uh, incrementally in, in trying to get there. They might overshoot it. I don't know, uh, you know, exactly how that's going to play out, but I am optimistic about the future of real estate, both in the short term as well as the long term here in the United States. You know, the population is growing. The number of units available is not where it needs to be to meet the demand. So it's just, it's a supply and demand thing, you know? <laughs> so it's just, you you find uh, deals that pencil out now and then you stress test them, make sure like, okay, if, if uh, rents do drop, uh, you know, am I still going to be able to cash flow through that and hold on to the property to last to the other side of whatever may happen? Then that's a good deal. Then get it. But if you're like, okay, uh, the rents have to keep on going up by ten percent year over year in order for this deal to work at this price point, uh, that uh, <laughs> that may not work for you. You know, you might lose your pants and all of your investors' money at the same time. And and you're right. You know, there's a lot of syndication sponsors out there and the quality of their work varies quite a bit. So you want to make sure you're with somebody who is going to do a good job, you know, Uh, with uh, sponsors and deals. There's a good sponsor can make a bad deal uh, go well and a, a bad sponsor can make even the best deal, you know, go down south. So. Uh, I think what matters more than the uh, the deal itself is the sponsor. Like who's putting it on, you know, you know what's their worth or are they going to, what, what's their track record? You know, if uh, they have a long track record and, and a good performance, likely they're going to have similar you know returns on their investments in the future. If somebody's new and, and this is their first deal and they're being really bullish, uh, that's not money. That, that's not my money I want to risk or my investors money into that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, great insight there, Matt. No one can predict the future, but conservative is always going to be the answer in whatever kind of market that you're in. And on another note, real estate has produced great income, great returns in any market throughout, (laughs) at least for the last 30 to 50 years or so. So, hey, we're going to turn the page here. We here at Moonlight, we have a portion of the show that we like to call our Moonlight Coaching Round And during this period of time, we always like to have our guests do a little bit of coaching, just give some advice as to these eight questions that we always like to ask. So if you could hold your response to between one to two minutes per question. Okay. First question is, what is something that you wish you would have known before you started investing in real estate?
0: That it's a team sport. You know, I tried to do it all on my own and, uh, you know, You can try to do it all on your own, but you're going to do it all poorly if you do. (laughs) And so I certainly am guilty of that mistake. So teaming up with other people, especially if they have experience in the kind of real estate investing you want to do, uh, that's really the way to do it. And then also to research the different kinds of real estate investing out there and to first decide which one is the right one for you and then focus all on that uh, particular asset class. And that's kind of why I wrote uh, my book, Book About Real Estate, because it's a way for people to explore those different options to decide which one is right for them and then and then go for it. So I guess that's the one big thing is that it's a team sport and to decide uh, what uh, particular asset class is right for me, because if I knew about syndication in the beginning, I would have done exactly that.
1: Yeah, I think that's all of our stories there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay, hey, second question is how did you manage to keep your life and business thriving when you were investing in real estate while working? What strategies were you using to kind of keep everything intact? Well, to
0: be really thoughtful of my own time and and what uh needed to be done so I was always prioritizing and then you know coming to the realization that like I can't do it all on my own and then hiring that property manager was the big. First step, I guess, and then also realize like, okay, I need to start finding partners with whom to to work in this business. Uh, uh, you know, so that, that's the biggest thing. Like, don't do it all on your own. Keep uh, uh,
1: you know bringing other people into your team to to make it work a lot better. Yeah, exactly. Hey, next question is, how long did it take you to complete your first syndication deal as a GP or an LP? Whatever came first. Okay.
0: First one was as an LP. It was a smaller deal, a 15 unit over in Indiana. And uh, I guess it was a matter of like finding the right sponsor. So it took maybe a, a few months, I guess, of me exploring and, and trying to meet people uh, before I found a guy and then like building a relationship with him. And then you um, making sure that the deal penciled out to what I was hoping for. And then from there, I wired my money and
1: uh, it's gone well since. Nice. Nice. That's great. Yeah, you always love when you have great results there. Hey, next question is, how are you balancing life and your business now to keep things thriving? I know when you had a full-time job, you realized that you needed some help and you hired some property management company. What does it look like today with being able to keep life and work balanced out?
0: A lot easier because I'm working from home. And then I also have a more flexible schedule. I mean, I have a lot to do every day, but I I don't feel like I have somebody breathing down my neck. It's just my my own ability to prioritize and see like, okay, this is what I absolutely have to do today. And I don't have to bow down to to somebody else's whim on any given moment. So it's a lot better now.
1: So are you still working or have you cut loose the W-2 at this point? I uh, cut loose the W-2. It's it's a great feeling when you can do that. Congrats. <laughs> Thank you. Nice. Okay. Hey, next question. If a person had a very limited amount of time because of W-2 income or another primary business, what could they do to start a successful business like yours?
0: Well, you have to be able to add value in some sort. So whether that's uh, time uh, or knowledge or resources like money or a network, uh, you have to figure out like what can you add to the table. So if you don't have any time, um, you know, or, but you have some money, well, that's easy. You just invest into a, a syndication passively, and, and then you can make good returns that way. Uh, but if you don't have any money or, or knowledge, uh, but you have some time, you can uh, you know, work for somebody else, you know, doing some underwriting or drive for dollars or something. Uh, to be able to to find some deals. So you have to decide like, okay, what do I have to bring to the table? Uh, And and then focus on that.
1: Yeah. So that kind of answers my next question. If a person had very little cash and experience, would you recommend for them to do to become an active syndicator? And so basically you were saying to work for someone else or jump in at value somehow, some way.
0: Exactly. And you have to figure out what you can do. So whether that's underwriting, maybe that's, uh, you know, being the boots on the ground. Like if you live in a good market, you find syndication or syndicators who are looking to invest in that market. And then, you know, go and look at the properties and take pictures on their behalf, do the tours and things like that to give them a better understanding. So they don't have to like fly out personally when they're just, you know, initially checking a, a property out as a potential.
1: Great advice there. Last question, what is the best way to connect with limited partners if you are an active syndicator, maybe a newer syndicator? What would you recommend to connect with passive investors? So
0: there's a really good book called Networking with the Affluent, and it's uh, essentially how to add value to people of, of means. You know, So it, it has a big, long list, essentially, and each chapter is like a different focus of, of ways that you can add value. So you add value to them first, versus like if you go to them and like you know trying to sell them on stuff, uh, that is sort of off putting. But if you can add value to others first, then they're going to want to do business with you by investing with you.
1: Yeah, adding value is the key. If you can make someone else's life a little bit easier, people are more open to working together with you. Because as business people, we're swamped all day long. We've got tons and tons of things to do. So if someone is interested in helping that that does play a significant part. Hey, Matt, great job. Great answers to all those questions there. We're going to start winding down here and we always like to ask our guests, what is a great personal development book or business book that you would recommend? Who
0: not how by Benjamin Hardy. It's it essentially focuses on instead of trying to figure out how can I do the all these tasks Uh, you, it's better to find like people who are qualified to be able to do those tasks for you. And that frees up your time. And then you can do more as a result uh, and and cover more ground. So uh, that's, that's a big book that I've read this past year. That's really uh, been an eye opener for me.
1: Okay, I'll have to take a look at that. Who, not how. That's great insight because, you know, a lot of times we're all about effort and action, but sometimes this connecting with others is the true key to get you to the next step within your goals there. So thanks once again, Matt, for coming on to the show, buddy. You provided us with significant value and great insight, great answers to all of our coaching questions. How could our Moonlight listeners get in contact with you if they decided that they wanted to reach out to you and connect?
0: Well, they can go to my website, HawkWingCapital.com, and uh, you can either contact me or if you want a free chapter for my book, uh, you know one of the tabs there will give you that, um, and then uh, you can see what I have going on with my podcast as well.
1: Okay, great. Well, hey, Moonlighters, definitely reach out to Matt. He's a phenomenal guy. Seems like he's doing some great things within the industry. And once again, Matt, we would love to have you back on at any point in time. Thanks, Eric. Okay, and to you Moonlight listeners, let's keep pursuing financial security. And while you're at it, let's keep moonlighting. Thanks for tuning in to the Moonlight Real Estate Syndication Show. Please make sure to give us a five-star review, subscribe to this channel, And please share this podcast with someone else. Until next time, let's keep pursuing financial security, not job security. We'll catch you in the next episode.